On December 9, 1981, federal officers swooped into a number of local establishments in Beaverton, Oregon. While a few of the locations were bars and lodges, the main focus seemed to be a number of video game arcades. Witnesses were said to have reported seeing the FBI agents flooding into these dens of digital entertainment and removing a number of arcade cabinets which they loaded onto waiting trucks and then were shipped off to undisclosed locations. Shortly before the flood of federal activity, news stories had appeared in local newspapers that focused on a number of children who were afflicted by an onset of mental and physical maladies while playing certain arcade games. Headaches, disorientation, vomiting were just some of the symptoms they were reported to have suffered. Decades later, an arcade museum website would upload a listing for an obscure video game which was said to have been the center of all the reports of strange activity. This case file joined the theorists as they grabbed their joysticks and crammed quarters into the slot of... Polybius the deadliest arcade game. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 266. Polybius, the video game that never existed or did it. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Do you say Polybius? Wait, you didn't like that? You say Polygius? <laughs> no, Polybius. Oh, I, thought Poly- Poly- I thought you said Polygius. Polybius. Yep. No, I just got, I said I thought, it right. I thought basically you were spoiling the entire show within the title. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, fucking. <laughs> Uh, How does I didn't spoil shit? It should have been like Polybius, the world's most deadliest game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Polybius, the world's most dangerous video game. It's better. Polybius, can games kill? If games could kill, they'd be Polybius. They'd be Polybius. Or there's probably like two or three other ones that probably actually hold that title. Perhaps a couple others. <laughs> Maybe a few more, but not as infamous. As Polybius. No. no. <laughs> um, so if you guys were to uh, train a... Uh, if you were to train a cadre of intergalactic space warriors, what, what would probably be the best way to, to do that, do you think? To train so them? Cadres? What? Cadre, yeah. like Why, a squad, we, like cadre is like a limited into Hispanics. Yeah. Why <laughs> cheap labor? Is that what you're insinuating, Dan? Or Cotter? Like, it might be Cotter. <laughs> might be Cotter. Welcome back, Carter. Wait, wait. How do we? What would be the best way to train an intergalactic squad of assassins? What are you uh, intergalactic squad of you know space warriors. Space like how warriors? Would you do that? Uh, everybody know. I've seen the last Starfighter. You fucking plan a video game in a convenience store, and whoever gets the high score, that's the guy you need. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Common sense. V- VR, baby. <laughs> Like like Ender's game. Uh and everybody has also seen the um, you know, there was the one article about the the, the Oculus uh developer, the one guy who uh 
one of the top. Like, what in the oh, fuck no. is going on? It's the popo. Bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> the what dream you police. Do? What you gonna do when it comes for Polybius? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why what's that, that What's happened. up with your setup there? Is that the dream police? <laughs> yeah, almost. I was, uh, I was fucking around earlier trying to make hotkeys for lights. And I didn't get it set up and I boxed it. So instead like, of hot like, keys, you got hot cops is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just went right to Dream Police. I was like, oh. Hmm. I love that. Um, so, uh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Blivious. <laughs> the game that killed 100 Blivious. people. Blivious. So around February 6th of 2000, there popped up a listing on a website known website called coinop.org, which is a digital museum uh, and also a, a database of arcade gaming. Um, now, I will admit that I uh, I spent quite a few Dad years, made the site. Like, Dad made the yeah. site, I think. No, I did not make the site, but I have spent um, a hmm. good chunk of my youth in the local arcades like uh, where I live. I probably... You know, I don't think I, I don't think I set any high scores, but um, yeah, I am very familiar with it with the arcade scene, and um, I think it is something that is. Uh, it's I almost feel I feel nostalgic for it, especially for this case file because the arcade was like super cool back in the day. You know, like you're getting the coins or tokens. You know, it used to be quarters, then they moved to tokens. Smelling the piss, fuck it, the the piss smell in the carpets. Like, well, it didn't mm. smell like that. It was back when they were That's fresh and new. When, yeah, when I know we were, they're gro- yeah. I knew they're they're grody now, but back then they were like. It was neat. There's just all the flashing lights. I mean, it was basically a well, casino for kids. Like, well, yeah, it's yeah, kid exactly. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it's kid Vegas. And and like back in the day, like you went there and everything was fucked tip top. Like it was balling. Like I remember you in our local yeah, yeah, cool yeah, stuff. The Dragon's Lair. You had ride in. You had the fucking afterburner uh, after jet. Afterburner was like sick. A, a, every every jet, single yeah. fucking like mall on the West Coast had some sort of Palladium like arcade in it that mom could just drop you off. And yeah. it's like. All those went to the wayside. Those are gone. And like the oh, few yeah. that are open, if you leave your kid under unattended there, he's gonna he's gonna grow up real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna learn you're gonna learn some lessons. Fucking cops there looking for John Connor and stuff. It's a dangerous yeah. place. And <laughs> even when we're going to the arcade, that's at the tail end. That's not even the peak of the arcade. The arcade peak was yeah. like in the eighties. Yeah. yeah right? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. we went, we went to this place that was called Scandia and Clona, and it was like a mini mini golf arcade. It's still there. The arcade games have they're not. The I don't same. know if that would be the peak because I I'd still argue probably like the peak was like back when like Mortal Kombat and like mid nineties. Like, yeah. So, like, well, that's early nineties. Mortal Kombat to 90s. came out in like nineteen ninety nineteen ninety one. I'd still right? I'd say like when did the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come out? Movie. The first 90, one, ninety one, yeah. probably no. early nineties. Yeah, nineteen ninety, I think. We gotta look yeah, I'd say the nineties. I'd still say Turtles the nineties are still good. Turtles of yeah. Time, yeah. Turtles of Time, X Men, the X Men cabinet, the X Men cabinet game, the four player yeah. X Men cabinet game. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. like well, that was peak arcade. Legends. Yeah, but what I came across was like the golden era was from the like mid seventies to mid eighties. It was called like the golden era of arcade because that's mm. before video games were really accessible in the home. Right, before Super, before Nintendo, and we all. grew up with consoles, right? Yeah. yeah, like we were pretty yeah. lucky that way. Because like, so I, I went there, I still remember I used to play this game called Viper Phase 2. It's like a scrolling uh, fighter, sh- like shooter. I, and Good I set that fucking high score. Every time I went to Scandia, I'd make sure to try and get on the high score. I probably spent like- 1942, a, uh, that was a good game too. Uh, that was a good one too. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, those those, yeah. those places were so fun. And now you go to the arcade, they're still fun, but now the games are all modern and it's like, I can oh, play better games at home. 16 <laughs> tokens to fucking play one game. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's exhausting. Uh, so yeah, so going back to uh, February 6, 2000, long, which you could say was long past the the golden age of the the arcade, whichever, whichever way you look at it, if it's 90s or 80s, whatever. They're on decline. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a page popped up for a game uh, listed uh, by the name of Polybius. Oh. Um, this game had a copyright of 1981, and there was this single photo of an arcade cabinet, very just basic black arcade cabinet, and across the top, big, bold, you know, computer letters as Polybius. And um, in the description of this of this arcade game. Um, there was a lot of interesting and strange little tidbits about the history of this game. Um, so apparently the game uh, popped up at some time in around 1981, and it took up residence in a few arcades around and around and in the suburbs of Portland, Oregon. Most notably the Blue Diamond. Oh, Blue Diamond. <laughs> uh, now, this original posting, I think Andrew uh, told us that you have the you have the actual original posting, right? I, I do have the original yeah. posting. Buckle up, boys. Buckle so up. This, Hold on to your butts. The OG posting came on August 3rd, 1998, which is like fucking... Like, boys, I didn't even have the internet in 1998. That's dial-up. Yeah, well, this is old. Back. This is old, like Usenet stuff. Like this yeah, is buddy. like the 2000 is when it popped up on coinop.org. But this one that Andrew's talking about is like this one was back before when it was like the dark web was the web. Like it was still yeah. like you know just a loose connection of yeah. So yeah, this is some old stuff. So, so this old somebody's school. typing this up in the fucking computer lab in middle school. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> so 1998 October or August third, um, the username Cyber Yogi. Posted this on. Dan said it was an early version of CoinOp. Uh, suddenly, we received a res uh, request to design a game that was very odd. This would have been ignored normally, but supposedly this came from a secret organization called Xenoslotion. 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 Operating with some of the government, with some sort of government clearance, which country we don't really know of, we were given a project sheet and a map of the human brain. Fuck. And a, an instruction how to stimulate those areas and, and how to activate certain parts of the brain. Sega had a lot of money riding on this and we were not doing well. The game took quite a bit of time and we created technologies that were quite ahead of our time. One member of the group suggested that the, we, named the, we named the game Polybius, which I remember being the name of a scholar of some sort. The game genre would be puzzler, but it was also, but it also had some other elements to it too. I assure you, this game was real. The game testers who worked for us had an odd mind for problems. People who played the game were having issues like losing their memory. They also had other symptoms like losing complete interest in playing games afterwards at all. I cannot remember what um, what we designed the game case to look like because. Another group was responsible for that. After the project was finished, we signed what we would know now as an NDA, but we signed paper promising secrecy, and if I am discovered, I may be in serious trouble. However, I believe this to be... Um, 
I, however, I believe this needs to be known. At the beginning of this page, I mentioned the Sega Genesis CD. I was involved in several other projects after Polybius, and eventually I ended up on the Sega Genesis CD team. While we were designing this, an issue came up and involved two processors syncing up. It turns out Polybius was discovered to use two processors, working in a way similar to the Sega CD. We were afraid of getting into trouble for using that same code, but we altered the game's BIOS anyways. However, most of the code that activated the mind-altering system were in that BIOS. The actual game, ROM, needs that BIOS to run. It was very much a modern-day console in that aspect. Hmm. The point is, I believe, we left quite a bit of the legacy code of the Polybius code in the Sega CD, at least the early versions. However, after we created the code for the Sega CD, I was shortly let go for misconduct. I have no idea why I was terminated, and I was never contacted again by the company. Ooh. Right, so th this was an original posting uh, by the by the cyber yogi, uh, <laughs> by that username, um, and it was describing the development of the the game that was known as Polybius. So I I'm pretty sure that posting was tracked down after the original post, like the the February six two thousand uh, kind of. <laughs> you know, the February presentation of Polybius and listing on coinop.org on its little archive that this strange little black arcade case was responsible for things like, uh, for, for kids, you know, apparently affected kids that played it. And it was associated with things like amnesia or these kids like playing this game and becoming strangely addicted to it. And they would forget like where they lived or they would forget things like their names. Um, uh, in the little postings, it's, it's remarked on about the, the design of the game itself being somewhat abstract for the time, being different from other games, um, being either a combination of either kind of like the vector type games that some people kind of remember where it's like you kind of move around um, the outside and like but also having the center yeah also having like a, a, a number of like flashing lights and strange geometric designs that would be presented to the player um, somehow it's in, you know, affecting it's, sorry that. to interrupt Dan but that, that's what the thing that you're bringing up right now I had to look into because one of the big infamous uh, emphasis in this, the research I did is the fact that this game offered both um, vector and raster technology Right. Which is completely unheard of at this at this point in time. And like to dumb it down, like from what I understand is raster is like pixel technology. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas raster, they use some type of mathematical code. And like I recognize that because that's actually the type of technology we use for ECGs at work. Right. Mm. So it's a more of like the straight lines, right? Everything's yeah. done in lines as opposed to like pixels. And the fact that they were able to mix both of these was is absolutely unheard of for 1981. 81, because a lot of because in like 85 is when the pixel stuff started taking over. But when and like Dan was was saying with these symptoms, like Dan mentioned that, but I've like I read some more nefarious stuff. Like kids are like having horrific nightmares after the fact. They were mentioned having like seizures and attempted suicides after playing this game. And like I don't know if you like have you guys ever heard of like reflex seizures before? No. So a lot of times, like, to, 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 like, I guess layman's terms, like dumb it down a little bit, like, you know, your occipital lobe in the back of your brain, 
that's where your visual input comes in. And a lot of times, like you've probably heard of somebody like seeing like a strobe light or like bright flashing lights or patterns or something like that causing someone to have a seizure. Well, this, they put that in pretty much every video game now is there's like a warning for that yeah. type of stuff. Which, which is called a seizure. reflex seizure, right? Like it's basically you're overstimulating that part of the brain, which is causing a causing the seizure, right? You can either have like a generalized seizure or a focal seizure. But those are other symptoms, Dan, that I've, that I read that took place while playing Polybius. Well, well not a, like another thing is like, you, some, like some people couldn't stop. And there was like sometimes like lineups for this game because it was new and so addictive that, you know, there was rumors of like, you know, you throw your quarter on, I'm next. And the guy just doesn't stop, like to the point where they're like, fist, either fist fights are breaking out, right? It's my turn. Like, right? But that to, makes sense, right? Like you see a guy, you come into the arcade, you've been playing all day, and you see this guy like camping on this machine. So right? you're going to be like, I want to fuck it. I want to try this shit, right? You're standing yeah. behind him, you're tapping your watch. Yeah. What well, doesn't even matter? Like, especially if you're an arcade goer, like the second you like walk in, you're like, holy shit, what's that? Like, even it's if it new. like didn't look that great, you'd be like, I'll give it a try. It's new. Right, like I want to yeah. see what it is. Well, even I like see what it's about. Even like the like the title screen of the game, so it goes, is that it was actually bigger and more detailed than other games of the era. And at that time, in the early eighties, like the RAM was super valuable and was used mainly for the games. So the title screen and all that was very basic, smaller fonts. When you get to like the the mid eighties, and the, the, the Nintendo comes around, and then then they're putting the big titles. So this game, through all the all the internet rumors, at least, seems it seems to be farther ahead. Like the combination of both game styles, bigger font, which seems to use more RAM than was available at the time. And not only that, Andrew, what was the guy's name? The the creator of Sinishlosion? Uh Zeta publisher. The publisher, right. publisher, right? And no other, uh, it made no other, that publisher made no other games on the record. And that name kind of translates to sensory deprivation or senseless in like German, rough translation. So if you're like put if you're in a, if put those words on like Google Translate, it would give a translation which not probably not correct German, but that's kind well, of well. That's what, what I understood too. from the. It, apparently, it's like it's two German words that are paired together that would not be paired together. Yeah, it's not like so. It's, it's not kind of like, like true it seems German. like a made up word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now the actual gameplay is described to be something along the lines of like fast paced action combined with puzzle elements, uh, you know, perhaps creating this kind of addictive gameplay that a lot of, is reported to have um, entranced a number of, of players uh, into this game. Um, it, it, with the coin op posting from 2000, there was information from a person who said that they were an actual operator uh, of and ran one of the arcades uh, where the machine had been placed. Now, it's not unusual for, you know, games to come out and be and be placed in arcades and like small, in small releases, like having a kind of game testers. come out here. Yeah, a little te like well, video game testers being set out into arcades. So this was something that was I'd not imagine. unusual. Well, and I'd imagine too, like this is Portland, Oregon in the eighties. Like this isn't this this I would imagine is somewhat like of a small town at this time. Well, right? small like, these town, but it's not like the metropolis it is now. I'd imagine that's what I mean, right? Like it's it's definitely not this major you know major city center that you're planting these games in and hoping to get attention. Like it definitely seems like they're they're putting it here to get some testing done, right? It's like a what do you like a soft launch? Yeah, well, it's like it's like the people who had like the the reported cabinets of like. 
Primal Rage 2. Oh, that's a great like fucking game. Of, well, Primal Rage and then Primal Rage 2 is supposed to come out and then it, they only put out a couple cabinets and then it got canceled. It, that's a whole no, story. Primal but, Rage was awesome. <laughs> that's a whole story. Yeah, that's Primal itself. Rage is cool. But, one, um, 1. 1.1 million in Portland, 1981. Oh, so it is a Metropolis. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's like, it, it's it still like... Yeah, it's still like a good city. So it's like this was out in the suburbs, though. So on the outside outskirts, kind of whatever of uh, of Portland, Oregon. But putting this game out there and th- this small release, this person who reported to have ran one of these arcades was talking about that there was there seemed to be some guys in quote like guys in black coats who would reportedly come and they would collect information about the game and how it was played. They didn't care. They found it unusual that the, that these men would come in and they wouldn't be interested reportedly. They weren't interested about, you know, how many quarters people were, how much money people were spending and how much whatever, but they were, they were more interested in the behavior of the, the players before and after um, they had their gaming experience. Mm. Sorry, did you say these guys doing. were wearing black? That's what they black said. Suits. Guys, Guys in black, black clothes. Men in black, you would say. And one of, mm. one of the things Men I read is I like... are currently wearing black, is yeah. what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> one of the things that I uh, had read was that, and when I was listening to some, some of the accounts, was that, you know, they would also like kind of stand and like keep watch on the building, right? Just peeking through the windows, like watching the machine as these lineups and stuff were, were queuing up around the Polybius machines. Right, so they were like actively watching, like coming and going. But th- at some cases, they were just actively, like so you staking out the location. Yeah, like so, so routine surveillance on this on this arcade. That's what that it sounds like. Yeah, sounds okay. like they're looking at like more of the behavior of how it's played rather than like what how much money it's making or or that kind of stuff. So you had all of this activity happen within a month or so of Polybius, you know, coming on the scene reportedly in these couple of arcades, and then. It's gone. It disappears. The The cabinets are supposedly removed. All of them, all evidence of them actually being there was taken away. Um, and it pretty much just disappeared for a time until you had the real, you had that first kind of posting in 2000 that came out and brought everything back into the spotlight about these strange rumors about this game that supposedly uh, had these really strange effects on a bunch of kids. <laughs> wow. Now, if people people who are familiar with the arcade scene and people who are familiar with gaming, uh, we mentioned ROM, you know, read-only memory, uh, stuff like that, the core programming of uh, video games. And, and most people know on the internet now, you can find a lot of ROMs of things. I used to have one on my laptop. I used to have a MAME, a multi-arcade uh, whatever, and you could download the ROMs for you know old you, arcade you games, like ten thousand games on. This yeah, you could put them program. all on there, and you could you know you, you, people do it now. It, it's and it's almost like it's a form of preservation. Like some of these games, like they're they're gone. Like they're all of their their original. All the cabinets are gone. gone the originals yeah. are gone. Um, you're not going to be able to find them except for for in these archives and some of these things. So, um, a, a supposed ROM of the game actually turned up in 2004. And when when you run it, uh, people apparently went, uh, ran it on their computer, downloaded it and ran it through, through an emulator or whatever. It, it prompts the user with a warning saying that, you know, playing this game could possibly cause memory loss or epileptic seizures. <laughs> and that, so people I mean, that's, took... 
you know, I mean, maybe that warning in 2004 was, I, I, because I, I was, I'm a pretty avid gamer and it's hard to remember when I first started seeing those warnings, but it's like, they're pretty standard on any game now. On every game pretty much now. Yeah. Right. I, so it's like, yeah, is, I've never is seen this, one. Is this so unusual? Is this unusual in 2004? Maybe. Is that like with that? I remember the big FDA warning. You yeah. You just, games. usually you just click that right through that's it. on. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, okay. I still I I see them a lot now. So maybe yeah, it is not that unusual to see that these days and put that put that warning in there is just a general precaution. It's just general. Uh, but, this yeah. was, but this was something that you know people ran this it's like, game to it's figure much, out. It's be equivalent to uh, before people started getting burned and suing for hot coffee, and then they put hot on the coffee, hot chowed on it. Oh, you chowed. <laughs> you mean chowed? Yeah. Hot, hot chowed. Yeah. Now now yeah. there's put like this may cause a seizure on every game, even if it's not. You don't actually read it if if you would look at the fine print or like actually go into the details. And be like this game may cause seizures in a very small percentage of people. Yeah, but you're better off to put that than you just put not it. put it. Yeah, and then you know you're playing NHL and you have a seizure and get sued, <laughs> or someone sues you, and you're like, uh, so if people accepted, you know, they they pressed OK and they ran the the actual ROM itself, um, the the Polybius logo from the the original arcade cap picture photo of the arcade cabinet on CoinOp.org like runs across the screen, and people kind of start playing, and then nothing except that sound. Yeah, <laughs> good Foley work. Right? Uh, yeah, because that's the error message that pops up and says April Fools. April Fools, please send this to a friend. Something like that. <laughs> um, by 2004, Polybius had kind of you know, like it had already kind of generated this own its own mystique, its own legend, its own lore uh, within the short years than when it had originally, you know, when the original post had popped up on CoinOp.org, and it is this. All of these things that we 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 said and we mentioned that were reportedly associated with. Polybius um, became part of just this legend and people trying to uncover the 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 true history of Polybius. So if if you break it down, if if we want to break it down, like we did the the Sinus Lotion, the Sinus Lotion is a, a translation, seems to translate into something like a sensory deprivation or senseless yeah. or something like that. Yeah, if senseless. you break down Polybius, Polybius, the name of the game, is actually taken from a Greek historian who was actually born in Megalopolis, Arcadia. During, um, like, uh, he lived during the like Hellenistic era, if I remember. Those correctly. dirty Arcadians. Right. And he, yeah. and he's actually I, he's actually well known within uh historical circles because he was one of the people who is the main sources for the history of the rise of the Roman Empire, uh, Empire. and he actually was one of the few people at the time who were proponents of using of of factual integrity um of records and and was a very big fan of using first-hand accounts when actually uh, you know, putting down records, which was something that was at that time was revolutionary. Like people didn't really think of that. You just take stuff <laughs> as it said, and then just kind of just go. Like somebody, yeah. somebody told me, told me, and then yeah. you just put it down on paper, and that's what and happened. He's like, let's let's have the first person who saw it write it down. 
<laughs> yeah, let's not play the fucking telephone game. Not yeah. your sister's, yeah. not your sister's uh, friends, cousins, uncle. No, listen, listen. I was there. He did <laughs> not turn water to wine. I, I that's was there. That make sense. Yeah. So every was account there. was taken by from Jesse Ventura. If it's not taken yeah. from Jesse Ventura, then okay. <laughs> Torture. Um, Polybius also was a student of cryptography, and his name is actually lent to a type of cipher, which is the Polybian cipher, it's which square. is very, the Polybian um, square. Polybian square, which is a yeah. uh, basically replacing uh, letters of the alphabet with numbers, like in a, in a little grid fashion. Um, oh yeah, and you can kind of put it all together. So, so he was the ancient. Coach. He was the ancient Greek fucking zodiac. Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Polybius is the zodiac. Yes, yeah, somebody who yeah, up to me. The original yes, Zodiac. A, yeah. A, a Greek historian from Done. <laughs> yeah. Uh yes. So uh we solved two cases almost. Uh, <laughs> the mystery <laughs> well, we still have the solved. we solved the Zodiac case, but we still have the mystery of Polybius as to whether it is actually real or not. And the interesting thing is is that people aren't still aren't sure as to whether Polybius was a real thing if the game actually existed. Now, the one the one piece of photo evidence that we do have is that picture of the original black cabinet um, that, that runs across the top, Polybius, that is on the original coinop.org. And people... Uh, you know, people who are uh, hist arcade historians and people who preserve arcades, which is not unusual, um, have looked at this. And, and even they're not quite sure whether it is perhaps... It could have been photoshopped. It is a low-res photo of, of this actual cabinet. And so people are not sure whether maybe it could be... It could have been photoshopped but also when they look at it they say that there's a lot of uh there's a lot of elements to the design of the cabinet which seem to be taken from different arcade games at the time from different styles of arcade games from you know the midways the the uh what was the other one midways nintendos um uh, uh what was the other one i'm Atari. not um ataris you, and all of you those impressed ones. me by saying midway all right, you didn't have to continue. <laughs> so we've got our own like fucking basic like arcade archaeologists. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, yeah, there's tons of people who do that, and it's like we went mm -hmm. to the we went to the one place when we were in LA. It's kind of like that, like the the classic arcade places, except people. Yeah, have we them went in to private collections, right? Yeah, I've been to joysticks in Orlando. <laughs> in Orlando like we, that was yeah, fun. we've been to where? Where did we go in uh, the in um, the last place we went there? In Austin too. Oh, we what was that place in Austin oh, called? Oh shit! Right? We played our awesome. there. Awesome. No, right? well, what was that place right. called? Cider drunk something. on seltzers. Cider. Cider Cider Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we went, we didn't see a uh, a plebeius. Uh, cabinet, and I doubt that you'll be able to find one anywhere except ones that have been built, like custom built, which I think people actually have done. Um, you know, just based on the photos and and trying to figure out. Because I was impressed by looking into this, that the detail that people have gone into analyzing that one photo of the actual cabinet, like right down to the coin slots, like right going right into there and being like these ones, like you wouldn't normally find on these types of arcade games that you What's normally it? had at the time. It's a it's a tough time because photo resolution was so fucking garbage and also photoshopping was so garbage that it's like it's just all hot garbage you're like I can't really <laughs> tell any way there's so few pixels to look at here <laughs> um, so Dan we're about to get into into uh, Michael Lopez here really quick but before we do that I think we should touch on the second entry in uh, what is it Co coin pro Co Coin, 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 op. Op. <laughs> coin, coin, 
Coin up. Yeah, coin up. We should touch on that, but do you boys want to do that after the fucking beer break or you want to get right into it? Because this is long. It's long. Well, well if it's long, then we're going to take a short break and we're going to be... Yeah, let's, take a, let's take a short break. Come right back. Right back. Where did we leave Where off? Where were we? Andrew is about <clears throat> to get into a... Drop some knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. Get ready for some fucking mashed potato mouth marbles here. First time. It's going to be great. Fucking... Don't worry, the word judiciary doesn't come up. <laughs> hey, you nailed it there. You yeah. nailed it. It's because the pressure was off. Now I'm going to fuck all these words up. <sighs> so uh, we'll go back to fuck. I'm going to um, coin up. Remember the website coin up? Yeah. We well, just we're talked about it. it. We've, we've it. There's going to be another <laughs> post on this coin app, coin up messaging board. What? One done by a Mr. Stephen Roach. Stephen Roach. He. His post goes, I think it's about time I laid this to rest. However entertaining the speculation, my name is Stephen Roach, who is primarily based in the Czech Republic. Zina Slotion was a company set up by myself and several other mainly amateur programmers in 1978 that worked on component parts for printed circuit boards that saw programming as a limited but very profitable sideline. I think the fact that it wasn't the focal point of our business took the pressure off, and hence we created some quality work, which quickly gained a reputation within the industry. We were approached around 1980 by a Southern American company that shall remain nameless for legal uh, purposes to develop an idea that had for producing an arcade game with a puzzle element that centered around a new approach to video game graphics. They were very keen indeed to gain an upper hand in what was already a very competitive market. So we offered a staggering commission-based uh, renumeration package. Renumeration. I looked at that word and I said, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to say that properly. <laughs> Nailed it. Fuck yeah. So <laughs> a commission-based renumeration project to develop something special that utilized the technology. We developed the game in little more than two Porta cabins. That's a word. Porta cabins. were knocked together where we spent most, many uh, stressful mornings, evenings, and nights, which was, which fine. Okay, hold on. We developed the game in a little more than two porta cabins that were knocked together where we spent many stressful mornings, evenings, and nights, which was a great pity because it compromised our relaxed and innocently amateur approach to our business in spite of the financial possibilities. Merrick Vasa... Vat, oh, Are we reading the Merrick, ad here or what? V-A-C-H-O-U-S-E-E-K. <laughs> People fucking roast me Merrick for not Vasuk. being able to read. Well, that's a hard fucking last name to say, you dipshit. It's not photography. <laughs> that's also true. Fuck you. He got you there. You know what? We're going to stop at his first name. Merrick was the programmer <laughs> who came up with the name Polybius. He had studied Greek mythology at Merceric, fuck's sake, <laughs> university and came up with the name because it sounded quite bold and mysterious, which is what we wanted to, to, um, to portray simply. The inspired graphics combine the puzzle elements and gameplay that was something to behold. We play-tested it for hours, and it was certainly very addictive. It was well-loved professionally and recreationally. 
with everyone who played it. The company couldn't have been happier, and we all thought we were on the verge of something very special indeed. We then received a phone call stating that there were concerns within the company that their basic graphics, which featured prominently in so many of other games of the time, were fine for the average gamer to spend hours at a time without any noticeable physical or mental detriments. But the intense and engrossing gameplay of this new step was very much unknown. So the game was put back several months due to divided opinions within the board directors. Much to our consternation for breaking our backs to finish on time, we received heartening, collated, significant... Oh, fuck. We, we received heartening, collated playtesting figures and were then told that the game would receive a temporary limited release, which buoyed us to significantly, but shortly after. That doesn't sound right. Um, we received the terrible news. A 13-year-old boy from the Lloyd District of Portland, Oregon, had suffered an epileptic fit while playing the game, only six, six days after the machines had literally been installed. One of the senior employees that I knew very well contacted me to tell me that it caused immense ripples of panic throughout the company who were of the opinion that they had created a monster. Oh, it shit. may sound laughable now, but please bear in mind that this was 25 years ago when the video game in in industry was still in infancy. Every effort was made to withdraw the game from the public domain as quickly as possible. But the scaremongering was already out in full force, and a lot of the children were queuing up for a, up or daring their friends to play the supposedly nightmarish game. Company directors descended on our town to assess the situation, which may account for the reports of strange men in black suits hanging around, and the machines were often taken in daylight, causing minor but noticeable incidents. As far as I was made aware, only seven machines were distributed around the area, and no other health-related incidents were reported. I heard, of the, I heard off the record that the company made a one-off settlement with the boy's family, and no one was heard apart from all the internet-based speculation and resulting in paranoia. We disbanded Zinnaslotion shortly afterwards because we didn't want to restrict ourselves to the stringent deadlines of the companies and favor distancing ourselves from the game in any case of any lingering recriminations, which could have gone a great deal or could have done a great deal of damage to our personal and professional lives. Hmm. This was extremely important to us. As far as I'm aware, no ROMs or otherwise, otherwise exist unless they remain in the bowels of the company that disputed it. We only received a basic... Flip the page. Flip the page. Pause for dramatic effect here. Basic payment in view of the fact that the game was withdrawn without nationwide or international distribution. So we grew to loathe it. And it was often a curse word whenever we used to meet up and still is today, which is a shame. I still believe we created something that should have changed the face of gaming and would have set us apart from the rest of the industry. But arcade games were often compared to drugs at the time because of their addictiveness. And we created something that small-minded bureaucrats perceived to be heroin of the video game world. That's only crime was to be many years ahead of its time. 
I'm sure people will doubt the sincerity of this and feel free to drop me a line at stephenroach at yahoo.com as I'm happy to answer any questions. Stephen. So you heard that. Stephen Roach at yahoo.com. Any questions? Hit this guy up. Stephen Roach. I fuck. He was actually interviewed by a fucking legit reporter and did one on the record, supposedly. Uh... I, I yeah I I think you're talking about Stuart Brown of Ahoy who did the, the documentary Brown. right yeah. who did Stuart the yeah. he tracked he tracked down the person uh, the user who claimed to be uh, Stephen Roach and uh, apparently asked him about his statements about Polybius and uh, was told that all of it is completely fabricated. What? That no, entire, no, that's a different the, one. That's bullshit. The, the guy that the, the interviewer that did interview him said he he answered a bunch of questions and said. It's legit. This is a real email as well. I emailed it just for shits and giggles. And the email <laughs> didn't get bounced back. So. I mean, yes, it could be a real email. Anybody can really, set up a real email. Listen, Dan, it's, a real, <laughs> it's a real email. I couldn't set up a real email. It's way above my pay grade. I mean, okay. it's, my friend but it you installed eight. a hard drive. You can do an email. Yeah, you I can do anything you put your mind it's to. true. The yeah. world's, the world's uh, my also, also because this is mainly an audio podcast and people think that he, uh, Andrew was just doing foley work with the with the pages like he didn't actually like just two blank no, no, pages. No, 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 no Andrew no, no. prints out his notes. Shit. Andrew prints out his notes physically so you can read them. So he can yeah. read them. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just I'm just and I want keeping people in, me, in, the, in the know. You know, make sure people screen, understand. <laughs> Andrew doesn't print them out. A friend of a friend of his prints them out at work. Yeah. For oh yeah, him. Right. company dime. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even have a printer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. um, be clear about that. <laughs> yeah. So as well as far as the documentary Polybius, the video game that doesn't exist by Stuart Brown uh, is concerned, he said that he talked to this Stephen Roach or the user that claimed to be Stephen Roach. And he said that this entire thing is fabricated. And for me, the thing, the one thing that that sticks out about this whole, the, the whole thing is when the guy talks about the games, he gives like, he, he talks about Polybius. He gives that one short blurb about like, it was like, it, it was ahead of its time. It incorporated these elements, but he doesn't go into specifics. He doesn't go into any specifics about the actual game. So that kind of like, well, including, that, including the vector and, and, and raster technology. Yeah, that's but that's it. But he doesn't describe like, time. but doesn't the, describe the what makes wording, it so. Like even you look at the plebeius wording, that's like Dan, like or sorry, like Zell said, like they didn't put that effort into title screens. That is far above it. If that photo is real, mm. that's like way above its time. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, like right? when we start to look at this, like I know we're like, there's reports of this not being true and the, you know, this person being a fake. But like, as I start to read it, like, this strikes me as like <laughs> right away. I'm like, to be honest, every after everything I read, I'm not convinced that this is not a hundred percent a thing because like when you look at all like CIA operations that have gone down, like if you were to be like add like, oh yeah, they also tried out um their hand at mind control and doing subliminal messages in uh, the early 80s with arcades uh in Portland, Oregon. Like, yeah, if you just say that by itself without looking at any of the other shit the CIA did, I'd be like, that's crazy. But then when you're what like, I, you know, ahead, some of this sorry. other stuff, you know, with Midnight Climax and a bunch of other other CIA operations that they've done on Americans and, you know, MKUltra and shit, dosing people. I start to think that maybe these people are telling the truth. It's just that this operation was compartment, like compartmentalized where they were like, they knew they were working on this. They knew they were working for this fucking 
this company, but like they didn't know that the overheading, like the overarching company was the CIA, right? So it's like, that would what make sense. What if I told you this was MK Ultra 2.0? Oh. I, I wouldn't even doubt it, right? I wouldn't even doubt it if no, this no, no. is just... I, there's nothing to doubt. There, this, this is fact. The Bureau's records indicate that the agency was actually monitoring and subsequently raiding arcades in Portland, Oregon around this time. Uh, there's stories of players collapsing in arcades hit mainstream media in those days. Arcades, which are naturally dark and maze-like, had seedy reputations as hotbeds for gambling, drug activity, and pickpockets. Okay, so this was a place that was actively being monitored by the FBI at the time. Okay, the FBI had agents rigging classic cabinets like Tempest, Scramble, and Galaxian with cameras and microphones in hopes of catching criminals in the act. Games like Tempest were selected less for their mind control abilities and more because their cabinets featured glass bezels and was easier to hide cameras in. They were actively doing this already. This is right. real. In these areas. This is fucking mm. fact. <clears throat> there is record of this. So I wouldn't exactly say it's real. I'd just say that's the kernel of truth in this entire thing is that <clears throat> it's one of the kernels of truth. Right. So there's um, always a kernel of truth. Yeah, that's how that's how you make good that's how you make good urban legends. But I'm saying Dan, if <laughs> Dan, if but we if you would have told me about MK Ultra being like, hey, there's a little bit of truth to this, probably we didn't know, but if we didn't have fact, I would feel the exact same way about this. Yeah. And the thing with this one is I'm like, it's one like the thing that lines up for me, it's not like they're like, oh, Polybius was nationwide. They were, you know, it was in Portland, it was in New York, it was in it was one, it was limited to one city right and that like that it kind of seems like it's targeted that's some sort of like you know like hey that's that's your project you're probably <clears throat> you guys are doing the subliminal messaging the arcade games where you're trying out we're trying it out we got six machines we're gonna fire out in portland we're gonna see what the fuck happens let's try it out let's here's, we don't know what's gonna happen did they did they go international with their brothels in midnight Clim climax or did they just focus on a couple San Francisco. It was all San Francisco Bay Area, right? So I, I, would, that, I have that, an easier that time. You know of. Yeah. I have an easier time. You, you don't. You don't think they were running. You don't think they were running brothels in like Eastern my, and Western Germany, listen, and they were taking no, pictures no. of like. But that's not I, the point. That that's not the point. Oh, okay. What I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is the fact that I have an easier time digesting fucking Polybius than I do Midnight Climax, and I know Midnight Climax is for fact. Is a real mm, thing. I, I hear what you're saying. Right. It, it, it like, does, think about that. It does. To me, it strikes as like not very far fetched to think that they were trying out, right? And they'd have somebody like, yeah, okay, well, we've got, we're working on some, not maybe not mind control, but maybe they were trying to see if they could elicit these kind of responses in the youth, make them docile, whatever, with with sound frequencies, um, flashing pictures, flashing images. They were trying to see if they could elicit these things that they could then use on other, you know, foreign countries. Well, why not try it? Like all of a sudden in the 80s, you have this fucking phenomenon that comes out of nowhere, right? Comes out of Japan. We have this fucking thing that's completely taking over our fucking children, right? Like you, the, like you said, there's fucking lineups at these places, right? We go from Pong to fucking Tempest. Tempest was fucking wild. Yeah. Right? Like the technology upgrade. We have lineups. This is all these kids in the 80s wanted to do was go to fucking arcades, of course, the FBI is going to look into this and want to do something with it. Yeah, and see what they could do. Like, why not? 
We, we the don't FBI know what, like, or the CIA. Or, I think or, I think or, it's CIA. <laughs> I think I think FBI was maybe watching criminals, but sure. I think if there was any NSA, kind of like, CIA, but there was there's no 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 no, no taking place. No, no, you can say all the three letters making jokes, but like we know this kind of shit. Like with the flashing lights, this, this is CIA. I was involved in the arcades with yeah, the cameras. I'm, I'm not to saying. Catch fucking- yeah, I'm saying. I'm not saying that that the FBI was doing that, surveilling, looking for criminals tap in the arcade games look for CD characters but I'm saying that if someone if there was an agent a three letter agency putting up machines testing them to see if they could elicit um, you know subliminal messaging or or uh, induce seizures that's the CIA and study that outcome that's that's well, what about, CIA what about the start we talked about how sometimes you played this game and you didn't want to play video games anymore maybe they were trying to find a way because video games are new like they're a new thing. They're like, oh, they're making our our next working class generation lazy because they, all they want to do is play video games. Zombies. So like, why not try and study it? Like, how can we, maybe can we squash this? Is this, because this, I don't think this is good for us. I don't think this, this is going to deviate the, from the plan. Let's squish, let's squish these kids. It's been mentioned several times that the people who played Polybius lost interest in playing video games at all after. So well, that's an interesting one because if, you know, there's some, some reports saying that they were like, people were like zombified basically playing what's well, like maybe they were fucking around with frequencies to see so then they're like hey listen if we fucking put this technology in video games and send them to the youth over in you know our next foreign you know where in japan right and and then maybe that'll make all the you know the japanese kids growing up this generation docile right like maybe that's like that's running through their mind and that's why they're trying the, these different frequencies to see what kind of responses they elicit right maybe it's, maybe they maybe this study for however short it was they got just a wide variety of 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 test subjects and trying different frequencies to see what kind of elicited what i mean aren't we or like don't we already see that with like military recruiting like pumping out fucking call of duty and shit basically Ye- Dan's gonna fuck correct me on this, but is it Yvonnet Niaj? Remember that shit from The Simpsons? The Simpsons, yeah, yeah, right. Join the Navy, like maybe this is fucking propaganda. It's not. It's not far off. Uh, there are there are accounts of uh, like, for example, Battlezone. As some people remember that, if you've been to a classic yep. arcade, you've probably played Battlezone, which is a, a tank That's simulator a eventually. Right. Um, oh, it was. It's it's pretty much considered the the first first person virtual reality game. Uh, essentially, like you sat down in a chair and like you had like a little thing. It's basically like a, you're a tank operator. Um, uh, apparently they modified one of those cab- they modified a couple of those cabinets to actually uh, mimic the M2 Bradley fighting vehicle in 1980 and they used it as a, a trainer for their uh, for soldiers and to, to actually uh, for gunners that would be operating on the Bradleys so um, and then in 1996 like the US Marines actually ordered a modified version of Doom 2, and they wanted to train their ground troops on it for <laughs> to fight <laughs> demons. <laughs> and, and even today, like I just saw the article the other day, like, you know, uh, you know, virtual reality is being used. And even in China, like China's using it to train their 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 soldiers and like in, you know, close quarters combat, uh, indoor situations and things like that. So it's not, yeah, using video games to train people to do certain things is not all the way off. I mean, fuck, we they train monkeys in Project X with Matthew Broderick. Well, it's, it's crazy because now, <laughs> because now like drone operators and stuff use either mouse and keyboard in some st- circumstances or an actual like Xbox or some type of yeah. gaming controller 
video games are now weaponized. They're weaponized. (laughs) You can take a drone and you're completely removed from the like outcome of that drone strike because you're playing it from whatever how many miles away. You're not act. You're not in the plane. Because well, you're desensitized, right? You've been playing these games your entire life. You throw that control in your hand. It's you know, it's secondhand nature to you. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you don't feel let's all the. Let's go get that key, KD up, man. There's, yeah. there's books written on that, right? There's books that written on that over, like you know, they do war games and stuff, and they think they're just games and stuff, and it turns out that the well, whole you me- time you mentioned Ender's Game. Yeah, Ender's Game is a perfect example, right? They, they destroy the aliens or toys and with the, Robin Williams. And yeah, and they and they think the whole time that it's uh, you know that it, it's all the 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 trials leading up to the final fight when really they were just obliterating this alien race the entire time and they had no idea and they did that so that you wouldn't have a conscious thought of we're just <laughs> murdering this race at all. It was a game, uh, and you, yeah, were, so you were losing real soldiers. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as far as training. Uh, things like training simulators, yes, like video games have been used. It's, it's documented, well documented, to, to using them to, to train for certain situations. Um, the the whole thing about Polybius is that it usually hinges on that idea that video games like cause some type of physical harm uh, to these kids, which is something that actually happened. Again, this is another kernel of truth in the whole Polybius uh, legend lore, where you had at least a number of people while, uh, you know, you might see Polybius in the the <laughs> the collections of urban legends that say, like, Polybius, the deadliest game, whatever, but, yeah. uh, it, it, and that can be contested whether or not it's actually in reality it is, but it has been, it, it has been confirmed that there are actually games that may have killed people. Like, you had, um, Michael Lopez of Beaverton, Oregon, who actually suffered a migraine, like a sudden severe migraine while playing Tempest with some friends at the Malibu Grand Prix arcade. Um, he actually, you know, the migraine, the migraine was so severe, like in his words, um, you know, he, he collapsed on someone's lawn four blocks from his house (laughs) and was rolling around screaming in pain, uh, from this. He felt like he said it felt like his head was cracking open. That's how I used to feel playing COD too. I was just gonna say I had the same fucking same symptoms for playing Ghost and Ghoul. Uh, you had Jeff Daly, who is uh, a, a, an avid video gamer, apparently, who suffered an actual heart attack uh, and and died uh, after getting his name on the high score of the game Berserk. Uh, and so, and which there was another case with Berserk. So I think Berserk. This this game Berserk spelled with a Z is probably holds the title for the deadliest game because it killed two people. <laughs> it killed Jeff Daly and Peter Bukowski. Um, they died. Uh, Peter Bukowski died of heart failure, um, apparently possibly due to a myocardial inflammation uh, while playing this game. Um, Did he get the vaccine? <laughs> I mean, they didn't have COVID. Uh, he probably got a polio vaccine. Every, probably every person every who dies got the vaccine, and it's because every, of the vaccine. Every, yeah, every it's person. Wild, man. The um, first thing you read in comments is that's what it is. It doesn't matter what the death so, was. Like, do we know what they mean by like myocardial inflammation, like a pericarditis, or like? I, I think he was already had like a kind of condition, like he already was, and it was probably uh, brought on comorbidities. because yeah. there's there's been more. I mean, there's probably been many deaths not directly caused by games, but because people play the game for so long without food, too much caffeine, right. not enough water. Yeah, there was right. so what's the guy who did World of Warcraft and he died 
Played right? for like, like five days for, straight. Well, I mean, yeah. there's there's Brian Morrow who's also included in this. He's a he played 28 straight hours of asteroids and pretty much just drank Coca Cola the entire time and just, then got yeah, sick shut and down, collapsed. Like, oh, yeah. what? Like surprise? Who surprise? Wants to do anything for that long? <laughs> yeah. What's well, crazy because video games too are after a certain amount of time, if you don't like replenish yourself, you just start playing bad. You get worse and worse. Your games get worse and worse. Like you're just you suck. So yeah, well, I take it for somebody who sucks from the minute they press Some people suck play. from the minute they right? start it's aiming. exhausting. <laughs> Shit's exhausting. Some people get dizzy playing on Xbox. One of one yeah. of the members of this podcast can't do shooters. It's, what are you talking yeah. about? I play, hey, listen, I play, what's that game called? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> what's that one where you drop in with a parachute? Fortnite? By yourself? It's a couple of those. Call of Duty? <laughs> Warzone? <laughs> PUBG. No, give me another Warzone? one. Warzone? PUBG. Oh, PUBG. I played PUBGs with both you motherfuckers, and I was the last guy alive. Once. I was out there kneecapping guys. One time. <laughs> one time Andrew one, won the game. One <laughs> time, and it was on a stream, I think, one time, where we were like, we were losing our mind. at. One, one time Andrew together. shot someone and yeah. killed. I killed like five guys. There must have been, there must have been some latency issues across the... Like, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to uncrouch, so I was kneecapping everybody. It was awesome. Riding a dirt bike. It was an odd job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's realistic. That's where I'd be shooting from real life. Gotta keep it real. <laughs> uh, so, as far as the, the legend of Polybius is concerned, like most of the stuff has been kind of checked out. Like 100% real. Sure. It's 100% real. Without a doubt. Yep. 100%. Yep. Without a doubt. Well, theory of the week? No, I, no. I, I just, <laughs> I, I straight up think, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think like when I send this and, you know, you'll, you'll read articles and stuff that's like, oh, this is a hoax and it's brought up. But like the parts for me where I'm like, is it really, is it that far-fetched to think that there might have been some sort of government agency running some sort of test on seven machines in Portland, Oregon? Like, that's so specific of a hoax, um, which would make it unbelievably good because I'm like, you could have you could have done anything with that. But the fact that it was so specific, I'm like, it's, it's for me, not, like Andrew said, it's not that hard to believe. Like, it's not at all. I don't, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Maybe we just don't have enough FOIA, you know, requests in for this kind of stuff. That some sort of operation like this, Operation. Can you Polybius, send me the original cabinet of uh, the game? Yeah. <laughs> the well, even if even if we found out like w like what the operation name was, and it came out in a FOIA request in in fifteen years, in fifteen years that we found out that this urban legend. Uh, you know, was a true CIA test where they were trying flashing lights and frequencies on people. Would any, would any of you three be shocked? I'm not would shocked of shocked? anything anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just one of those things for me where I'm like, you know, some people claim this is a hoax, but I'm like, you know, is it though? Are we sure it is? Or are we just saying that because we don't have enough information on because it's so limited on these six or seven machines in a well that this area. is this is what it all comes down to is they said they had the ROM, but they never reproduced the actual game ever. Even though they had it. It's never been reproduced. There's been people who make the fake game, like we said, the April April Fool's joke. There's, and there's been, actually been some pretty good ones from what I've heard. Like the, the there's people been, who have gone into They've remade like, it. Right, they've made a game where they're like, or this made is, their own versions, their version of, what of they, it. their yeah. own fan-made interpretations of what Polybius might fucking, have been. Everybody knows the real version of that ROM got burned up in the fucking in Mordor. 
Nobody wants to play that game. Get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, that was a burn after reading for sure. Yeah. But yeah, well, so after like looking into it and watching the documentary by, I think it's on, uh, what, what's the what's the YouTube channel? It's called Oblivious, the game that doesn't exist. It's um, Ahoy. If you want to look it up, that's I watched that. And at the end of it, like, okay, if they made only a handful of games and they, let's say they took them away and it was a government, some type of program to research how these certain visuals and frequencies affected the player. Sure. I, like, I mean, stranger things have been done through drugging people <laughs> without yeah. their knowledge. And, yeah. but, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit that happened. However, someone had to make that game and it would have, at the time, like this was like leading edge. Like this is a, this is new. This is, so there have been a lot of people that work on that game. No one's ever come forward. It's like, oh, this, this, this is what it was, blah, blah, blah. So when I worked on it. We got fucking, we got, we got uh, first guy. We got Mr. Roach. He, we got did, Cyber. That's what I mean. Mr. Roach yeah. who doesn't go into any specific no details. details about No details, what the game no game. Yeah, because if the guy said they, they had him, the wrong. After he wrote that, they're like, we got to take it. We got to take no, it. No, wait, no. After they killed him and he talked to that, <laughs> and he talked to that reporter that you said that he <laughs> talked to. I'm saying, I, I agree right. that He's I wouldn't be surprised if the game was real. I wouldn't be surprised. But without the game, or any actual video or any of anything of the game, it's really hard to say what the game even was. But, I'm, I, but I, I totally agree. It, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not one bit if they're like, ah, there was this game actually. We were uh, experimenting on the minds of the youth to see how they would respond to the shit. Like, yeah, it's mm. it's not it, the whole idea about playing a video game that could kill you is not something that has or been around your since mind. as long as there's. Yeah, it's been around since there's been arcade games and and like it's been portrayed in movies. We talked about the you know kind of Last Starfighter, Tron, uh, that one with Emilio Estevez, the the Nightmare, 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 yeah, Battle Nightmare. Of yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. that that anthology, like it's in there. Um, and 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 like it's still happening today. Like they're still making. Was new- there like there was a movie in the '90s called Arcade? That right. was basically yeah. like the I, exact same fucking yeah, premise. It, when arcades became like the settings for like horror movies, like it's it's just, yeah, it's always that about like some kind of game that has a secret level that you play enough and you get to it. And um, I will say though, Dan, it did appear in a Simpsons episode. It did. Which means it's got to be true. Well, I mean, in, in, in pop culture, Polybius has popped <laughs> in, into a lot. It's like uh, it was in yeah. Loki uh, with Dizzy Plus. There was an arcade in like Loki's Lair. Yes, but it was in, in the, the Simpsons. It was in the Simpsons. Then it was true. Then it's true. We all know this. It's true. It's true. But again, like it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, and how many people like legit? It'd be so easy for these agencies to discredit, um, like people coming forward and being like, like these two people be like, because it's so isolated. There's only six or seven machines. There was four, four or five. Like I feel like it would be so easy to like throw in some misinformation if okay, maybe that's not even a the game name of the game wasn't polybius right but if the nugget of truth was there was a game that the cia released maybe the game was no good but they were just testing these kind of things it would be so easy for them to throw like some misinformation out there to get just everyone completely off course um with what they were doing and and to be honest, like if you look, if you look at some of the other shit the CIA's done uh, to American citizens, it, this would be on it's the been, low scale. The lowest. This would be on the low end <laughs> low of end. like problematic stories to come out for the CIA. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a cool concept though. The game that can control your mind, wipe your mind, possibly kill. Maybe they never stopped. 
you know, there's been a lot of different games over the years. Some people now, they maybe they've perfected. Maybe it wasn't even a malicious thing by the government. Maybe it was just actually for money. Like, what makes a game addictive? What what turns people off from a game? What makes if you play this well, game? It just seems like marketing research. Like they've been yeah. doing that for decades. That's what I mean. But they did it. Out, yeah. So this game, let's let's just say, like they all the knowledge to that point has been based on. We're going to make this game. We're going to see how people react and we're going to base that. And now we get to games like Fortnite, which actually was just sued for like hundreds of millions of dollars for being addictive and pretty much youth gambling is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're being personally like, uh, what was it? One of it saying that their UI is purposely it's misleading. Uh, like it makes confusing. you buy shit. You can't refund it. You, they do have a stupid UI. I, I agree with that. But they just were sued for hundreds of millions of dollars because the game is so successful because it's like dialed it in. It's got it nailed. What 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 makes people tick? What's well, going to make people like, buy? It's like the whole What's thing if you watch play? any if you watch any documentary on anything like like the 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 apps like the Raid Shadow Legends or whatever and like those things mm-hmm. like how these apps are designed to be these gaming apps are designed to be optimized for triggering all of the everything. All of the, yeah. the parts of your mind that are associated with gambling, like all of the, the, the pleasure receptors, everything. all of that, that stuff, all the dopamine that fits in, triggering. That fits in with Cyber Yogi where he says we had the map of the brain and all the fucking areas, like all the sensory receptors that we wanted to hit in the different parts of the brain. Yeah, it, it really does. Hey, I mean, because they've, they've got to figure it out now. They, I mean, people fucking play these games for fucking 40, 50, 60 hours a week, man. Here's the trick to it, though. You want to know how to beat that? Just be terrible at them. <laughs> Just be really bad. It's really bad. But you know really what bad. though? Me. You know what though? Realistically, realistically, we're we're not far off of some sort of future where like long haul truck drivers are driving from VR from home. There are people who play hundreds of hours of Euro Truck Simulator. Yeah, <laughs> like, like full time. There, there's, there's a weird. Amount Pardon of people me? who play that for a long time. Dude, like, pretend like are we talking like fucking cross country Canada? Like but, yeah, game? but yes, yeah, real life. Yes, like they think they're long haul truckers. Game sucks, and they play that game. Right, hundreds of hours. Just go be a game. trucker and get paid. Then. You get well, paid from truckers home. Fucking sucks, but Dude, soon. So there's no there's no piss jugs involved. That's no. Why. You, there's well, also there might no be. fucking rest stop prostitutes. Yeah. Really a lose lose. Yeah, but you could put you could yeah. put in an order to you guys come right to your house. You don't have to fucking do truck stop. You got your own nice bed. You got your own house. Yeah. But, but they're, they're I, saying, I, I don't think we're that. far off from that. <laughs> well, no, they're not because the whole <laughs> the whole thing about like five, never get them out. Well, the whole thing about <laughs> now we, <laughs> we have five G five G internet. We have Starlink. We have internet that operates on very, very low latency, like sub 20 milliseconds. So if the machinery on the other end is good enough and you can control it, like say you have like these two VR remotes, you can do, they're doing surgeries now. That's like the next thing. They can do surgeries. So if there's a- I would play that game. That's fucking- It's not a game. There's on a real person. It's a robot, but you're controlling- You're controlling- Whoa, you're doing VR VR operation on real people? Yeah, so if there's some, if there's a conflict or there's a place with uh, not not enough medical- That's not okay. Zell- Like you hit the sides, you don't get the buzzer like the no, fucking game. If you, yeah, like, I think they, no they've buzz. already done it at least once. I think, or is it? Holy was they talking f- about an actual like? Because you have an actual surgeon doing it from across the country and being like in, just using the little. Yeah, the only thing, the only fuck. dude, the only thing that's holding it back now is that the like the robot is not as precise as the person controlling it yet. So is, yeah, that's enough for me to be like, nah, I'm good. No, but, it's, yeah, but in another five, in a 10, couple 20, years, well, let's, let's say 20 years <laughs> from now, the robot is so precise, it operates, it does exactly what you do within like, say, 10 milliseconds. 
which is not it's not no, not noticeable. Oh, you never buddy, will notice it. With, so with surgeries with AI with AI, what we got going on. I mean, the second AI gets as good as us, it's better than us because it's not going to take long at all for it to surpass doing the same surgery by itself. Perfected. I think no, they, already had, no, one. they already had one that already, like, it was just a, it was a really general, like, easy surgery. It's not but brain they, I think surgery they or anything had, yet. Who right, signed they're up doing for that something. is what I want to know. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, no, something that was done just like, I don't know, they probably, it was probably in the United States and they probably said, hey, we're going to charge you like fucking, half the price. <laughs> and yeah. like, yeah. I want fucking, <laughs> I'll take it. T1000 <laughs> doing my appendectomy thing. We're going to charge you 30,000 instead of 60,000. Cool, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know how we, how we got onto that topic of robot virtual surgeries. But Basically, what we're trying to tell you is plebeus is a thousand percent real. This could be, it's real. It's real. Boom. It's real as it gets. There's, if you have Honestly, a, if you're from I'm Portland, leaning towards it. I'm believing. If you're from Portland and real. you went to one of these arcades back in the early 80s and you and played you it, seen it and you seen it, you must let us know. Especially because if you realistically, have realistic, if, we, if we're looking for eyewitness accounts of Polybius, you, 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 maybe a couple hundred people, maybe in the short span that this thing allegedly exists, well, probably more existed. than that. If it's, if it's multiple arcades over a month, it's, it might be a thousand or more. But there's, there's, there's a, a relatively very few people who actually played the game if it was real. Mm-hmm. And if it was you, just seems weird that like if the, if these things you had uh, these medical conditions that it triggered, like there's no, it'd be like a medical record of it. <laughs> like these kids, well, like the they didn't like they didn't like they didn't cart these kids away off to some like, like FBI reflect- FBI black site to be like treat them and be like okay. <laughs> Well, a lot Maybe. of times, like reflex seizures, that's a very normal occurrence in children, and you grow out of it. Right. 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 Like, but it's like, we do, I mean, we have the documented cases about other arcade games, like causing it, like, or, you know, being associated maybe with these. Those were the big first. news. Those but were maybe big this news. was the first time, the first time that we had a game that actually affected people in that way. And that's why we had this, like, extreme response being like, we need to pull these all now because we don't know why the fuck this happened. Yeah, Could they be. just maybe they just weren't sure or something. Well, this is the this is 1981. This is the first time they're introducing new technology. All of a sudden, we have the first documented seizure caused by like induced by a video game by supposed this new technology. Let's pull these. Kind of makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a cool concept. If none, if nonetheless, the game. I mean, if you got any questions. Stephen R. Roach at Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, Light him up. Light that motherfucker up. Yeah, he'll let you know. I, I'm just going to attribute it the, the whole thing to it was a secret training program for uh, Starfighters and Starfighters. we won the war and that's what triggered the decline to. of the arcades is that uh, we won the Intergalactic War already and we're we're good. So don't, we're the don't Intergalactic need champions is what yeah. you're saying. We are the yeah. champions. I can tell you what, I am not the last Starfighter. Yeah. <laughs> we would be fucked. <laughs> we would be fucked. Anyways, if, if you... Like that concept of you know mind control and government programs. Check out Case File eighty four if you have not already, which was MK Ultra, and Case File one thirty eight, which was COINTELPRO, where they infiltrated a bunch of American groups to try and sway <laughs> sway the view of the people. Didn't we have another one that was just like that? Uh, well, we, I mean, we if. He, if you feel so inclined as to support this show and help us continue doing what we do, you can head to our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You get access to all our bonus content, including, um, you know, Operation Midnight Climax, where the CIA took over San Francisco brothels and blackmailed American <laughs> civilians uh, and dosed them with drugs. No big deal. 
And then, or the, even Operation Sea Spray, uh, where they sprayed what, what, what was it, Dan? Some sort of uh, bacterial um, sp- spray to see how it would roll in with the fog. And they yeah. actually killed people with like uh, urinary tract infections. No big deal. Yeah, no big Eurosepsis, deal. That's a real thing. UTI, Eurosepsis, dead. Um, 100% real. And I mean, we have tons of Operation uh, Operation Gladios, tons of other CIA um, knowledge that they don't want you to know about uh, all on our Patreon. Hell yeah. And to get there, it's easy. You just go to alientheorist.com. You hit support. You choose Patreon. You choose the Supercast. All of the episodes show up for you on your podcast feed, ad early and ad free. And you also get your name cemented in ATT history by being read live on the show. This week's new supporters, we got Devin Telly. Kyle Scutian goes up in their pledge. Stian, the hot dog god. What what considers what makes you a hot dog hot dog god? Like you eat a lot of hot dogs. I would consider you a hot dog god. You were eating little links out of a can right out dogs. of the water. Those are, oh, those, I thought you were going to say that because he's got the biggest hot dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to Paul Bernard, <laughs> butt pirate Cass. That guy's in your band, isn't he? He might be. I think that's your singer. <laughs> he might be the singer. Trent the the Giawia. Digioia. I'm, I'm gonna go with that. Digioia. Digioia. Dan Rhodes. Alan Howard. Jesus. G- Diane. <laughs> that Diane. Diane. That's a Diane with two yeah, N's. I think that's Diane. Not Diane. Well, maybe. Eh, whatever. You know who you are. <laughs> I don't know. You know who you are. I don't. Our Lord and Savior Jesus is. Keeps canceling and repledging so he gets the name read again. This is the last time, Jesus. Yeah. Like four months in a row. We'll say it every time, Jesus. Don't worry. Michael Del Santo, Terry Chelton, and Deep Cover Canadian. Into what? The founders of Oblivious, perhaps. Must be. Mm. Anyways, Plus thank you very much eight? for supporting the show. Hey, and uh, you can if you want some merch, you can head to uh, aliantheorist.com. Hit the merch tab. Uh, you, you know, go buy some uh, dope merch. That's another way to support the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the sky.